So hello everybody, I am Joshua Hatton, and I'm going to do the intro a little differently for this. Go so far. this is this this is a podcast that we were recording live. If you've been to our master classes before, none of this has ever happened. We haven't had microphones, it's just people screaming at you while you drink whiskey. Uh, we will continue to scream at you, but yeah. we'll have microphones oh, to help us out. We do the screaming. I thought you were saying the crowd does the screaming. Like no, 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 The no, Beatles no. of whiskey. The be- yes. Okay. No, no, no. So, uh, okay. So that's this a, is... That's a reference for the kids. So this is One Nation Under Whiskey podcast, and I'm always joined every other week by Jason Johnson Yellen, who is my business partner, my best friend, my... Uh, love you, buddy. Love you, too. Um, and we are incredibly excited to welcome with us uh, two gentlemen who were part of the Great Isla Swim last year, which you all learn about today, and that is Mr. Justin Fornell. Welcome, Justin. Hello, thank you so much. Great to be here. And Mr. Chad Anderson. Hey, everyone. Welcome, Chad. <laughs> Chad is a space it's... angel. That's, that's a- correct. An angel from yeah. space. <laughs> yes. Okay. Angel from space, angel in space. Yeah. And, uh, and then we're joined also by Mr. Simon Brooking, who has probably the most recognizable face in whiskey. Wanted. <laughs> Given the way he's sitting on that stool, it might be more than just a recognizable face. <laughs> Whoa, hey, easy. <laughs> the front three rows are loving this sign. The mystery of the Loch Ness Monster will remain a mystery. <laughs> so, um, so with our podcast, uh, which is released every other week, we will interview distillers and blenders and sometimes comedians and sometimes graphic novel writers, if you've listened to One Nation Under Whiskey. Yeah. Sometimes Open. explorers. Sometimes explorers. Yeah. You can jump in. You can speak at any point. <laughs> but this time, th- this is kind of odd because we're not always within the company of the people that we interview. So we, we're going to have a bunch of different whiskeys in front of you today, and we will take you through them. But we, what we really want to focus on is the story of the Great Isle of Swim, how the distilleries supported the swimmers. We did a part in sponsoring the swimmers as well, and... and and we wanted to sort of take you to Isla through, through the whiskeys on your table. Now you'll see there's six glasses on your table uh, with only four of them filled. More whiskey is to come, I, I promise. It's true. true, absolutely true. So did, yeah. is there anything you wanted to say before we moved on? I, I do, as, as much as the two chaps on my left, Justin and Chad, um, swam around full island of Isla uh, with Johnny Mundell. Uh, incredibly physical endeavor. They were exhausted at the end of every single day. Uh, the most physical Joshua and I got with our responsibility uh, was simply writing checks. Uh, that is all we did and drove around the island, sometimes past these guys on single track roads. Um, Almost getting hit by them on single track yeah, roads. Their, their driver, people think, Natalie's been with me on tour in Scotland, people think I drive fast in Scotland. Their driver had a death wish. It was absolutely insane. Um, we had places to be, you know, and so, so uh, Isla is not a, well, I mean, it's a big, it's 100 miles around, but there's only, you know, a couple of roads, right? And yes. So, and yes. so, and if you stay at one part of the island and then you go somewhere and if you forget something, which happened, um, and then you got to pick people up and you got the, cor- I mean, there was a lot of, we, I don't know how many times we crossed that island, but it was, it was a lot. So. More than a few. More than a few. Helicopters next time. <laughs> easy for the guys with the checks. Let's take it easy on the helicopters. Small, small helicopter. Are we, are we, do you want to get into some whiskey? Yeah, let's get I into some whiskey. I feel like these people have come from across town. Anybody come from outside of New York? Oh, gosh. Okay. Wow. I know we've got Seattle. I know we've got Virginia. I know we've got Seattle, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. Chicago. D.C. Ooh, Connecticut, represent. Maryland. Delaware. Maryland. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks to everybody for coming out. Illinois. 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 Representing the fine state of Illinois. Look at that. <laughs> and Lou, where are you from? All right. Okay, let me rephrase the question. Is anybody from New York who came here today? Okay, thank you for living in New York. Well done. Okay, well done. So, so let's talk about Who wants to talk about this whiskey? Do you want to talk about the whiskey? Um, I, mean, I think we could all talk about the whiskey. You can... Yeah. Why don't you chaps talk about the oh. idea that you had 
partly to swim, but also to do something very special uh, while you're swimming around Isla. And just quickly before you do that, so everybody knows... Classic Joshua. So everybody knows how this is set up. You've got six glasses in front of you. We're starting from the top shelf, going to the bottom shelf, going from left to right, just as you would read English. Will, will we be, yeah, tasting, yeah, will, is, will yeah, we be is, tasting in yeah. the order of the distilleries? <laughs> well, in this, we're going to be tasting all distilleries all at once. This uh, is it. This is the uh, cast. This Get is ready. It. Did you see this, Simon? Feel free to nose the upper left-hand side, uh, the whiskey in the upper left-hand side there. Now, Justin and Chad are going to be talking about their swim a little bit, but really what we were most interested in was at the end, what whiskey are we going to get out of this? That's all we really give a shit about. And that they came home safely. Nobody died. Yeah, there's that too. That was easily number two. (laughs) And so this was an eight-day swim. And they stopped at the great distilleries of Isla, collecting whiskey from them and putting them into a quarter cask, so a cask that's a quarter the size of a sherry butt, and filling that cask with whiskey from all the distilleries. So how did you guys come about with the idea to collect whiskey while you were doing this incredible exploration around the island? It was really a way to to make it more than a swim and to make, you know, as, as explorers... You go on these journeys and you want people to kind of know more than just hear your story. You want them to be able to experience something that was, that was part of the journey and really what the journey was in its essence. And, uh, you know, I was swimming around that 100-mile coast and it's 51-degree water and there's jellyfish and there's, you've got the Cory Vrecken Whirlpool and it's just, it's a very violent, a very frightening, a very intimidating environment. And I think that you taste that in the whiskeys of Isla. It's rugged. It's a very rugged foreboding place. As are you, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) And the idea that we wanted to represent the true flavor of the the island as opposed to just representing Kiel Home and our Lafroy, we wanted to represent everyone. And we were a little nervous at first. We said, well, if we make a pillage cask, if we're going to take something from every distillery, is that going to be frowned upon by the individual distilleries? Is this, are we creating, uh, you know, a bastard product in a way? And we talked to to Simon and he said, no, that's, that's a pillage cask. That's what that is. And uh, I said it was a way of creating something through our kind of athletic journey that people could enjoy and knew what that, what that journey was like for us in, in a single sip, in a single dram. Well, yeah. And on the back of the bottle here, we have Isla represented, and we have the numbers one through eight, and it actually shows the swim that these two chaps undertook and what they did day one, day two, so on and so forth. Um, and it has a few words about the chaps as well, which... <laughs> Not going to read right now. Very special to us. And so, in, in tasting it right here, right now, I, I would also say cheers uh, to Chad and Justin yeah. for allowing us this opportunity uh, to collect this cask and enjoy it in their company. So, cheers to the lads. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And cheers to these two gentlemen, without whom we would not be here today. And thank you so much for believing in, in us and letting us take this, this journey of a lifetime. It was brilliant. We. we we had no doubt that, that Justin was going to do it. The, the man has built like a triangle. Uh, Chad, he, he, he firmly believed in himself, and that was enough for us. That was enough. I, this, this dude is resilient, though. It's amazing to see him. Being on Isla with him was absolutely fantastic. Unbelievable. Well done on not dying. <laughs> yeah. I was certainly the odd one out. Um, Justin and Johnny have a, have a... They swim, you know, like normal people swim. You know, breathe, breathe. Uh, but there's, some, there's some pros and cons to that. Um, they they, they um, tore up their neck pretty bad. Mm. So with the salt water and the cold and doing it, you know, for six, seven hours a day for eight days in a row, um, it, he, Justin had it the worst, but it looked like he had been mauled by a tiger. Like it was just, you could see like flesh. Like one more day of this and there would have been, and he would have been, like, yeah. yeah, it would have been coming out of him. His insides would have been on the outside. Yeah, if you've ever seen like a baby mouse, yeah. it was like my, my neck was just made of baby mouse flesh. It was just this <laughs> pink <laughs> open wound. That's, that's very descriptive. Yeah. Way of saying it. Yeah. We tried to capture uh, some of that in the whiskey. That was, that was, so if you're, if you're getting baby mouse right now, that is by design. You're just there, thinking it, Jared. Yep. 
there's an Easter egg on the on the label. If you look really closely, there's a there's baby mice in the water. <laughs> <laughs> look out for that. It's my spirit so, animal. You you talked about he looked like getting mauled by a tiger. Does anybody have the eye of the tiger stuck in their head now? The Isla tiger. The Isla the tiger. Isla tiger. So good. No, but I do now. You can use that. There you go. It's an earworm. But we did have, uh, we had a great paramedic with us uh, who took care of everybody because the bottom line was we were sent out by uh, single cast nation. We had to finish this swim no matter what. So you couldn't get sick. You couldn't be hung over. You couldn't, you had to do it. So we were lucky enough. uh, We had a great uh, SWAT paramedic who took care of all of us and we all had different injuries. Johnny got stung to heck by a, the uh, lion's made jellyfish really bad quite a few times. Um, Chad had all kinds of different injuries from the wetsuit he was wearing. Uh, that, that, was, that was it. It's, you bring a paramedic along, not really. I mean, there is the, uh, the chance that a basking shark could come and swallow you or that you get caught up in a prop or something, right? Like those are real scenarios, I guess, but that wasn't the real issue. The real issue is do you find yourself in a situation where you can't go on because yeah. your neck is so bad or my toes were actually all swollen, like giant, like they like they wanted to burst. Like, like grown so, mice? Like grown mice. Like, like grown mice. Or the size of grown mice? <laughs> right, let's, <laughs> yep. <laughs> let's see how far we can take that one. Uh, they, so, so the paramedic every night would um, uh, take tape and have to like tape my toes down and then I would prop them up. And I basically wake up in the middle of the night in excruciating pain and like rip it all off. And you'd, you'd do it as long as you could, but those are the types of things like that's why that's why the paramedic was there is he basically without him we wouldn't have finished when you say taped your toes down i'm not sure i understand what that means oh yeah so it was enormously swollen yeah so and i forget what they call that but he would take yeah. sports tape and he would oh, basically wrap around it take really out the tight swelling to yeah. keep the swelling down yeah. oh, okay. good grief yeah pretty painful yeah stuff. This, this is complimenting the whiskey beautifully, right? right? Remember, two of us only got to write checks. <laughs> we regret. Well, as we say, we said, if it... Exactly. Well, we say, nothing good comes easy, you know? And that was true of that expedition. It was amazing. Well, and, that, and that says what the taste represents. It re- represents that, the glory of the suffering, you know, and the choice to suffer and the choice to push ourselves and to want to do something like that again. You yeah. know, like that is what it's all about. And to me, it's like after a hard day or, you know, Chad does a lot of boxing, just getting like beat up and roughed up. That's when you sit down and have that whiskey. It's like you've, spiritually, you've earned it. Yeah. And when you sit down, you're, like, you're drinking it almost with relief and, and, and having known what great pain or, you know, whatever that was, that hardship is, that's what the whiskey, to me, that's what whiskey's about is yeah, enjoying right. something after yeah. a very long, stressful day. Well, and, and think of the number of people here who braved midtown traffic. Exactly. That's how I mean, stressful yeah. that was <laughs> and how this whiskey now tastes in light of that very real struggle. Yeah. I, I can yeah. see relief on many faces right now. They get it, Justin. They totally get it. <laughs> so, well, I hope it's from tasting this whiskey as well. I mean, what do you think? The audio is having a tough time picking up your thumbs up, so feel free to cast your voices as as you like. Um, I wanted to talk quickly about what's in here. Some some of it we can't really say because distillery manager said, I don't want to say what I've put in here, or please don't talk about it. But what I can say is being part of the importation of Kilhoman. I'm very happy to report that Anthony Wills, um, who owns the distillery, hand-selected, well, maybe not by hand, taste bud selected. It does it all um, by feel? It doesn't. <laughs> Just, Ooh, that's good. <laughs> Dip. Um, so some first fill uh, bourbon cast matured Kilhoman. He went around, he tasted from a few different casts and found one that he quite enjoyed. And I think put some of it just into glass bottle and then dropped it in, right? Yeah, he was there. Um, so we went in, we did the whole thing. We did a nice uh, shoot with him, actually. So we got some good footage. Um, he really opened up the distillery to us, mm-hmm. uh, gave us a great tour, brought, some, brought some, uh, uh, some of his guys with him. So we opened up the casks. We, we, uh, what's the big long thing that they taste? Valanche. Yep, that. So he pulled that out and then we were <laughs> filling, you know, and so we were using that, filling up the bottles. Um, and then we all took turns, basically, um, putting our, you know, their contribution into, into our cask. Yeah. And the, the Land Rover that was flowing so rapidly over the single-track roads yeah. was the Culhoman Land Rover. Yeah. 
um, so we could see yeah, you coming. Kilholman was um, really, really good to us from the very beginning. So they were one of the first distilleries to sign up and say, yes, this is a great idea. Uh, the first ones to open their doors when I went on a scouting trip there and, and talked about the idea. And we were just two crazy American guys that wanted to do this thing. They opened their doors. They said yes. Um, they offered to help. They offered to pick you know, a special whiskey. They offered their Land Rover to us. Um, all of these things, you know, without which this, this thing wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and the, the quarter cast that collected all of that liquid was from Kilholman as well. Yeah. If you transition into glass number two, um, to really connect what we did with the chaps here, um, we've actually gone into our own vaults and pulled out the single cast nation, uh, single cask Kilholman four-year-old. Um, I know Jared is down to his last couple of bottles of this. Um, we are also, as a company, down to our last couple. Thank you, sir. Sign uh, us. Yeah. Very kindly pouring Kilholman first. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Um, and so what, what I want you to do is, as you stick your nose in here, think about the whiskey before it. Think about that whiskey from all the distilleries going into a Kilholman quarter cask. Uh, we also had a home run on the label tasting notes for this one. Uh, when on the nose we talked about spent shotgun shells um, yeah. and at, at various <laughs> tastings back in the day we were still a fledgling company uh, people would see that and say oh yeah, oh that's exactly correct um, I hadn't shot a shotgun since I was 12 years old um, and yet that, that note is still very much the forefront of my brain I so, so we bottled this um, six years ago now I think is that right? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. 2012? Yep. So I, I pulled this bottle from my own collection. Uh, I wasn't planning on opening it, but I thought that it was a proper thing to do. Share it with some good people. It's incredible. Yeah, it's cheers. Incredible. Cheers, cheers. And to take things back a few years, uh, how I kind of originally got on the path and met Chad and was I had swam the Bronx River uh, in 2013. And I was uh, always been a big lover of, of all Isla whiskeys and especially uh, Laphroaig. And I was following Simon Brooking on, on Twitter. And, you know, very rarely would I ever go on there, but he had put forth a question to the community of where's the most uh, interesting place you've ever had a dram of our whiskey. And I had a dram right before swimming the length of the Bronx. So, of course, I wrote that to him. And so he thought it was pretty curious. And then uh, we started talking. Yeah, that was uh, prior to the 200 year anniversary for Laphroaig. And um, in seeing the adventures um, of Justin there, uh, or Baron Ambrosia that I had at the time, um, I was intrigued by um, his, his adventures, and I, I wondered if perhaps he could swim from Ireland to Isla. Sounds easy. LAUGHTER um, <laughs> But as we discovered, and as, as Justin is part of the Explorers Club, uh, part of the mission is to do something that's never been done before, and people swim from Scotland to Ireland all the time. Uh, we just call the Irish are just Scots who learn to swim. <laughs> um, but uh, so as a result, uh, and in, during that time, um, we, uh, it, we, we missed the, the window for the 2015 200 year anniversary. And then, so um, there was a, a bit of a pause until then, uh, Justin came back with the idea of uh, the circumnavigational swim of Isla. And in the meantime, Chad and I had met each other and, you know, he said, you know, talking about doing a whiskey swim, he said, I'm, I'm interested in being part of this, but I want to do the swim with you. And I said, well, if, if, if you, let's do it. And that's how we became partners on the project. And then... Hold on, there's some details in there that are really fun. So, um, <laughs> uh, I know Isla whiskeys because uh, Josh, Manson, Josh mentioned that um, I'm a space angel. Uh, what that means is I run a venture capital fund that invests in space companies. Um, so I know about Ardbeg because they sent um, uh, some of their whiskey up to the space station. And uh, they brought it down and they made Galileo. Um, they have like a series of now space-themed whiskeys on the back of that, but this is the one that was actually on, on station. And um, so the, we invested in the company that, that took it to the space station for them. And so this is how I got into Isla Whiskies. Um, I immediately fell in love with the peat and um, basically everything about it and explored all of the other ones. So this is my connection, how I knew about Isla Whiskies. So when I, had, um, I was semi-new to New York, I was at the Explorers Club. 
Um, and Justin and I were on a, the Explorers Club roof with our astronaut friend and wildlife expert. We were smoking um, pipes. Oh, okay. With yep, good. All right. <laughs> with, with stuff inside. And uh, it was actually elephant dung we were smoking. It was, yeah. <laughs> we just brought back because the, the Maasai in Tanzania we will use it uh, medicinal. They'll burn the elephant dung and inhale it. And so I brought some back from a recent expedition, and so we were enjoying it out of some pipes. That, and they also sell um, alcohol at the convenience stores in Ziploc baggies, which he also had. Which is a, called kunyagi. It's yeah. like a gin bitters of <laughs> Tanzania, which is, is rough stuff. And, so, and then we also had a uh, Hungarian bullwhip that we were trying to crack and break the sound barrier with. So imagine this. This is the scenario when we're and discussing... you all still have all of your eyes. So that's a success story. <laughs> and it's midday, it's and we're... one testicle, though. <laughs> Yeah, but the other one works. The other one works double time, so it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, so this is the scenario, right? And we're up there, and we're and we're cracking this whip, and we're drunk on, you know, um, uh, yeah, on kunagi, yeah. middle of the day. And uh, this is when I hear about this idea, and and it, so it combined two things that I was that I was I really like. So. Um, I'm really into Isla Whiskies, um, and then I'm also really into swimming. My entire life has basically been in and around water, and I feel really comfortable in water. Um, and so for me, this was like a perfect match, and so I, I immediately was hooked. I was in. No, and so you were just talking about, I know for you, Justin, that going overseas and, and doing these explorations and trips and expeditions, I think is the word I'm struggling to find, um, I know you like to gather from the local... Flora, yes. and on island, I've never followed up with you on this, I know that you were on beaches collecting local samples, and you were going to do something with them. Can you inform the audience here and at home about your collections and how those have worked out? Sure, yeah, it, it's, it's funny because whenever we go someplace, you know, and I'll do expeditions for National Geographic, and you know, I always kind of keep a little book of what different plants are being used for either medicines or for spiritual purposes. So we had, uh, I spoke with a, a sea witch who was living on, on Isla, and she kind of instructed us this ritual that we had to do on the island before we swam. And uh, <clears throat> that took place, we went to Koryvreken, which is the second biggest whirlpool on the planet, and that's where we held this ritual, and we needed to have a few things with us from the island. Um, we had to drop uh, two silver coins in the ocean to, to the spirits of the east. We had to give uh, an apple to the west. We had to uh, sacrifice something to the south, which was something we would all personally give up for the week. It could be alcohol, it could be sex, it could be whatever it was. Uh, I gave up sex because my wife wasn't there, so it made it very convenient to do. I'm like, I'm gonna stick to this. Uh, so the next guys. Yeah. yeah, and the next guys, yeah. So and we, and you, put, you put that thought into a box and you drop it to the bottom of the sea. And then we would do our final, our final kind of part of the rituals. We all just strip down naked and cover ourselves in bear grease, which is basically rendered bear fat. And we'd swim towards the whirlpool and swim back naked in this 51 degree water. And um, there's so many confused faces I wish out there right now. Well, absolutely. <laughs> this is, and if you think about it, if you know, this is kind of these ancient Celtic practices, and uh, these are things that'd be done before going to battle. And essentially, we were going to battle with the sea, so we had to kind of honor these traditions. We didn't want to come in there, a bunch of Americans, and say we're going to do things our way. We wanted to honor the ancestors, and I think that's always very important. Smart. When you go anywhere in, in the world, you need to honor the ancestors, not just come barreling in with your own thought process. And uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the entire swim was that moment of like, we're doing it now. And you're swimming towards the, the whirlpool and you realize how cold the water really is. And, uh, and then when we, we swam back, we gathered a bunch of the Koyavrekin water and we dipped a bunch of things in it, uh, including this tartan, which is the Isle of Tartan. Uh, we dipped in the whirlpool to kind of get the energy of that water. And uh, the legend is that ancient witches would wash their clothing in the Koyavrekin in this naturally moving water and that would give them the ability to fly. So that was kind of the legend we were going off of. And uh, for all the bottles they're selling of this single cask. Thank uh, you for adding uh, this, Justin. Yes, will be the Cory of Reckon water. We, just, we have some of the Cory of Reckon water and I brought some today for anyone who wants to either anoint themselves or taste the magical waters of the mystical Cory of Reckon. <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, yeah, and salt water. Salt water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make for the best drinker. 
Uh, smells fantastic, though. Yeah. So actually, um, Matt, your question reminded me a couple of things here. If anybody has any questions, we have a microphone here, so just feel free to raise your hand, come on up, and, and we'll give you the mic you could ask. Also, if I've got Twitter open, uh, so I hate Twitter. So if you are on Twitter and you want to tweet a question at One Nation Whiskey, and it's whiskey without an E, by the way, if you send it with the E, some guy will get it. What's that? Some guy in Kentucky. Some guy in Kentucky. <laughs> what the hell? Um, <laughs> I, I, I have transitioned to whiskey number three. And the, yeah. The panel up here has transitioned to whiskey number three. Yeah, so... Um, Joshua can tell you yeah, so a I'll, bit about this. I'll tell you about this whiskey. This will be also... This will be another Kilhoman. And to date at least in the U.S., there have only been two of these kinds of casks bottled. So if you're familiar with Kilhoman, they have a standard sort of product line, and then they have a very special sort of whiskey that they call 100% Isla, where they source the barley from their own farm, and they do all of the process on, at, at the farm, at the distillery, they say from barley to bottle. And there really isn't any other distillery that's doing something like that. You've got... No, they're not. They, they collect barley from Isla Farms. They send it off the island to be malted and or peated. Here, they're doing everything on site. Everything happens on Isla. So it's close. And actually, Brooklotti had taken some barley from Kilhoman's farm from a previous release. But as far as this type of whiskey goes, this is the only whiskey where everything's done there. And this is a single cask release of 100% Isla. Hmm. There was one done for Binnie's in Chicago, which that's what this is, and then one done for K&L um, out of California. So hope you enjoy this. As you're tasting this, I wanna give you guys, I'm gonna be very, very generous. Oh. I'm going to give you guys five American minutes. Oh gosh, to have a cigarette. No. Okay. To get some food, because the food just came, yay! Wow. <laughs> Sounds like, we're holding them prisoners. <laughs> Sounds like we're holding them prisoner. <laughs> well, I just remembered that we paid for that. So I want people to make use of it. We did. We wrote a check. We wrote a check. Go and do it yourselves, <laughs> people. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Okay, so a literal five-minute break. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your number three at the same time, and please do grab some food. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The okay, we're going to transition back to recording. So I will return to the microphone. <laughs> uh, those at the table, you're totally chill. And if you're finishing up a plate as well, you want to go back and refill, please do. Uh, as Joshua said, we bought it. Please eat it. Um, thank you, Marty. Oh, question from Marty. Oh, wait, wait. We have a microphone. No, he's sitting comfortably. Look at him. Look how comfy he is. Yell it as loud. Yeah, no, come, come on. Come up and ask a question, Marty. I knew he was sitting comfortably. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Work those knees. Work those knees. Martin Duffy. <laughs> it's a big room. I wish people could see that. Oh, is it on? It might be. Yeah. Hello, testing. One, two. Yeah, three. yeah, you're on. Okay. All right. Uh, gents, I have a question. Now, you, you both look like fine figures of men. Thank you, Martin. Yes, thank you. This <laughs> way. All right. So, uh, with. Uh, we Guys, swimming in Haven, and have this cast tied to you, and you're pulling it along, like Richard Dreyfuss and Roy Scheider at the end of Jaws. That was the dream. That was the original. That was that was the vision. It was like we're gonna have this barrel, we're gonna tow it, and it's gonna get heavier. And then once we really teamed up these guys, that that was the primary investment was the juice. And you know, I think I had jokingly said many times, if something should happen to the swimmers, it would be terrible. If something should happen to the juice, it would be unacceptable. He, he said, just, just get, let's get the pronunciation right. It's juice. The juice, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the boat, uh, it was either on the boat or it was uh, in the Kilhoman uh, Land Rover. It, it, had to be, it had to be protected. It was. Uh, okay. Uh, and there was times when we were getting beat up, you know, here and there in the water, and who knows what could happen to that barrel. The last day we did take a barrel with us, 
for a little portion of swim for the spirit of it, but uh, most of the time it was in a very safe place. And you were swimming from distillery to distillery? We were really swimming from, so our Captain Angus Newman, who's kind of the, the saltiest man on, on Isla. Uh, on the planet, maybe. <laughs> on the planet, Literally. On the planet. Just and uh, he, would, he would put us, yeah, he'd put us in where, wherever he felt we should start, and he'd tell us when to stop. So, of course, we'd, we'd check in at the distilleries every day, but really it would be a very random, yeah. really picky. If you look at the map behind us, you'll see the route we took. And there were days when uh, things were so rough in the north or the uh, west side of the island, we had to totally do another part of the island. So we were doing it kind of in tandem. We, you know, one day he's like, oh, we're not swimming here today. We're going to the other side of the island and we're going to do that section. But that's, that's the kind of the point, though, is that we had a plan. We had a real, I mean, we spent 18 months planning this thing, right? So, so I mean, we had calculated everything from um, the currents and where we would start and where we would stop and how many hours per day you could swim, um, how many hours against the current you could swim, how many hours with the current. Like, we had the entire thing planned out. And then when you get there, it's a completely different story. You're, you're at the mercy of the weather. Um, and it changes. And, you know, it changes quickly. And so with... Gus was our sage. He was, you know, he's been, I don't know, he's 55 now, and he's been sailing those waters since he was 12 or something. Everyone on the island knows him. Um, you know, he's, he's the guy who knows, and not only just the route and the time that we were swimming, but also on the western side, there it's full of fishermen, and that's their livelihood is fishing. And when we were swimming through there, you could hear them on the radio talking about us, right? And you can, only, you can just imagine that um, on a day that maybe they didn't have a good catch, and then they blame it on us, right? Yeah. There was a real fear, you know, that, that, I don't know, like something could happen, right? So, it was, so Gus, you know, went ahead of time, talked to the guys, calmed them down, like the Fisherman's Union or whatever, um, like had some words and calmed them down. And yeah. it, it was so, also funny because... You know, as you just said, you spent 18 months planning this. We were on discussion for a long time. We showed up on Isla, and the locals would say, oh, what brings you to Isla? Oh, we're sponsored this swim. These guys are swimming around the island. And they would say, do they know what they're doing? Like, that's, or they would say, that's really dangerous. Have they, have they thought this through? And I would say, they've spent 18 months planning this. They've looked at tidal patterns. The fishermen, they've got a local guide. Oh, in classic Western Scots way, you just shake your head. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. And, and, and then it was funny because from day one into two into three into four, the, the islanders started to come around a little bit more. And by the end of it, they were kind of cheering you along and, and really quite proud of what was happening around the island. So it was a lovely transition to witness. No, there was, when we got there, there was no one, I believe, that on the island who thought we were going to complete it. And I think a lot of those people didn't think that we were going to survive. And I, I'm not exactly, which is kind of like, oh, no, wait, what, you know, just they were dumbfounded. And then really the day that, the day that it all churned was, if you look at the, the west side here, that's a place where people are even afraid to go in boats because it's really just the Atlantic all the way to North America. And the day after we swam that, that was when everything changed. That's when everyone really started to respect us and respected what we were doing and, and actually thought it was possible we'd finish. And they were like, oh, they, they did the West, they did the West. Everybody was kind of talking about that. And that was that moment when kind of the island, the island was never against us, but that was the moment when they all really started to support us in a big way. Yeah, it really clicked for people. I, I would just imagine you probably knocked off the, uh, the uh, Lafroy, Lagavulin, Ardbeg like in one day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We started at the at the docks. Yeah, we started. Cool, at the, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was a fun day. We we started at the docks of Ardbeg and we jumped off there. And it's a beautiful kind of just big stone. What do you call that? It's a dock in front of Ardbeg. Yeah. Yeah, and you could look down. And one thing we, we both really enjoyed was the water was crystal clear. It was very cold, but you could see the bottom, 25, 30 feet down. And then once you're going out, you can see down 40 feet, and you see these beautiful rocks beautiful pieces of kelp coming up. It was a really very surreal kind of alien underworld that we, we had the, which, was, which kept you entertained. And that's why I like swimming close to the coast more because you had stuff to look at. Once you got into the abyss, you're just staring into, into a void. <laughs> Would so you say that was the easiest leg? From, from Ardbeg to Lafroy? It was meant to be, but it wasn't. We, um, yeah, 
Sound, yeah, the sound was fantastic. It was the problem was when we did that first leg, we had gone to Corey record earlier in the day, so we were on kind of no particular schedule, and we're like, it's such a short go. There's not even we're gonna have to worry about the currents as much, and we didn't have the advantage of the currents, and it really kind of kicked our butts. It was it was very it was a very humbling way to start, and it was only like a two mile swim. <laughs> and we were just like, okay, then. So it's going to be like 98 more to go. And one of the days, how many miles are we doing on the other days? You know, like. It's funny you say that, though, because when you were coming through the sound and we just happened to be at, Brooklyn, at Bunahavan Distillery and we saw your boat, your support boat coming, we were like, oh, they're, they're coming, they're coming, we're going to see them go by. And it was so fast, like a, a vast expanse of water. And yet you were through it and out of sight. And. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It was amazing how quickly you shot through there. Um, spe speaking of the sound. Oh. Uh, <laughs> don't, Dave, don't laugh at that. Don't, don't laugh, Dave. Uh, we're on to whiskey four. This is the last whiskey that's actually in your glass. And this is our final whiskey before we transition to our good friend Simon Brooking, uh, who was also a tremendous supporter of all of our efforts uh, over on Isla. And so number four, Joshua will give you a little bit about yeah. what's in your glass for number four. So with the first whiskey, we were, you know, you're able to taste a whiskey that's got eight different components, right? Whiskey from eight different distilleries. And when you think about really any whiskey, whether it's Laphroaig 10, Beaumore 12, Kilhoman Macker Bay, Glenfiddich 12, whatever, all of these whiskeys, all of these single malts are made up of components. And what we have in the glass for whiskey number four is a component whiskey, bless you, of, of something coming out next year. So we have a friend named uh, Ali Chilton who is the master blender for Port Askeg. He'll be here uh, later today, so if you're up here in the penthouse, be sure to seek him out because he's a super great guy. But he brought with him some cask samples. These will be components to a whiskey that he's currently designing. And I think it's kind of special to taste a whiskey as a component. And when you know this, when you taste this, you'll say, this is good, this is interesting. But I would say it's flawed. And I would say if we as independent bottlers through Single Cast Nation, if we were to taste this, we'd say, that's fun. Put it to the side. We're not bottling that. Because it's not doing all of the things we want it to do to be sort of a complete whiskey to take us through that experience of nose to palate to finish, but it's fun to taste components. It is, it's definitely interesting. It's got that nice funky sherry component uh, that I like getting down to, as the kids say, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 so years is, ago. <laughs> so this is, a, ago. Uh, this is a nine-year-old single cask, spent seven years in refill bourbon, so third-use bourbon casks and then two years in first fill sherry solera cask, a bodega cask, which are apparently a real big pain in the ass and quite leaky, mm -hmm. but offer up some really nice flavors. And, and it came from a Diageo-owned distillery at the Sound of Isla uh, that we cannot name. It's near the Port Askeg, if you ever get to Isla. They swam right by it. It was perfect, a perfect we segue. Flew by. <laughs> and one thing to say about that sound was it, was, it was such a fun, fun ride after really a lot of really hard, hard swims. You know, we, all this water is, is being funneled into this tiny little area that's almost like the size, of, uh, the width of a river. So we were, it, was a, it felt good because it was our second to last day and it just felt good to go cruising through there and you'd see the, the, the distilleries on the shore and it'd be kind of foggy and Jura was just absolutely breathtaking to look at it. You know, so that was one of those days when you really got to enjoy the beauty of, of, the, of the Hebrides as except, opposed to... Except for Johnny. Yes, yeah, except for Johnny who got stung very badly by a lion's mane. Oh, he, did he? I didn't even notice that at all. <laughs> weird, weird. <laughs> he was chanting. He was, yeah, he was in a bad place for a while. He was. So, I mean, when I, when I scouted, when I, um, we were doing lots of planning, and if you look, you know, you use Google Maps or whatever, you do any research on Isla, you'll see all of the hazards on the west coast, and, you know, don't swim here, skull and crossbones, whatever. Like, the tide will pull you out, it will kill you, whatever. But no one really talks about the, the, the sound. Um, there's a ferry that goes across it, and if you've ever seen it, 
it goes across completely sideways like this. It's just, it fights, it, it, it's driving this way and just goes across like this, completely like perpendicular. It's crazy. And um, so when I did my, the, the scouting trip, I was sitting there at one of the distilleries that's right there on the island, uh, right there on the coast, sorry. And I was sitting there, you know, sipping some whiskey and like looking out and you just watch this water whip by. <laughs> and that quickly became like the most treacherous part of the trip. I looked at that thing and was scared of that water, right? Like, I don't know what's going to do to me. And so we were thinking about all kinds of things, like using kickboards or whatever, <laughs> like life preservers. I don't know. <laughs> like something. It was... Jet skis. <laughs> Floaties. 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 <laughs> it turned out to be perfect. It turned out to be an incredible ride, actually, and like super fun. I don't remember how fast we were going. I think we got up to 7.4 knots at one point. So that's like, what? We did 12 and a half miles in two hours. Wow. Seven and a half miles in two hours? Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. That's even more than you thought it was. Twelve and a half miles my, in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Holy that's moly. Five, that's five more than your original wow. thought. Yeah, my, What's the math on that for miles per hour? Five, five more, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> the conversion from knots to miles, I, I kind of forget, but... Um, 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> yeah. We spend a lot of time together saying the same jokes over and over again. <laughs> and they never get old. You want a Big Lebowski reference? I got a Big Lebowski <laughs> reference for you. I'm ready to go. So, ready okay, go. let's stop, Jason, from that. Hey, um, so, so we've talked quite a bit. Uh, can I ask a question oh, yeah, before yeah, you go, go, ahead. go on? Go ahead. How many of you would buy this as a single cask? Okay, we got about two hands two. out of maybe 30, three, four hands out of 34, okay. five, six. I'm not selling it, it's not an auction. I'm just curious. Okay, okay maybe, maybe a third of the room. What, what was Marty saying? As long as it's affordable. What? Imagine it's affordable, would you buy it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, now it's gone. Okay. Yeah, oh, all right. Okay, oh. gone crazy. 20, 25, 30, 30, 35, 40, 40, 40, over in the corner. So it's a flawed component that people would buy as a single cast. I can see why single cast nation is doing so well. <laughs> but there's no such thing as a bad whiskey. Like at you. Uh, so, so, so now it's back. All right. So we've talked, or, or Justin and Chad have talked about our support of their swim, uh, which we were incredibly happy to do. But I don't think the swim would have happened either if it weren't for the help of, of Simon and, and the team of, uh, of Beam Suntory. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Cheers, Simon. Cheers, Simon. Thank you. Cheers. So, uh, you know, you came here. I, you know, I'm not going to take any of the wind out of your sails. I, I want to hear you talk about what you were going to talk about. Sorry, that's <laughs> a mess. <laughs> I want you to well, talk. But we, you need, we need to pour some whiskey, though, first. There we go. Let's yeah. get pouring some whiskey. Glasses. Now, for those that know me, um, I usually, I, I, I have the boots. Uh-huh. Right? Any popcorn um, in those boots? I always carry something in the boot. Um, well, and given the occasion of the great Isla swim, um, I modified the boots. <laughs> um, Simon pulls out a flipper. Two flippers. Oh, two flippers. I got two whiskeys to pour here. Are you swimming um, home, Simon? Um, yeah. Um, so uh, what I thought I would pour, um, given, again, the nature of the event, um, is a little bit of Beaumore Doris Moore, which references the tidal races around the island, um, and also known as Tempest. Um, we're going to pour these samples now. So this is the Beaumore, um, and this one is the batch number three, which technically, for those that know the Tempest series, this is actually Tempest uh, number five. Number five. Um, they cannot produce, uh, they cannot sell it as Tempest in the United States because uh, there's, somebody else has already got the name Tempest for, I think it's a wine. Um, so um, this is the last of this batch, um, and that's the Beaumore that we're going to be tasting. And in the other flipper, um, I have brought the new Karchus, uh, the 2018 Karchus for us to sample, just fresh off the boat. Um, so we're going to taste that as well. Are we still allowed to say that in Trump's America? Fresh off the boat? You're not American. <laughs> Neither are you, sir. I put it to you. Happily. So, um, yeah, you, this year's Karchus um, is uh, six years in a bourbon cask and another two years in a fino, a fino cask. 
um, and we were getting great reviews on the island. Um, uh, I think, are you the only one who was on Isla? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, we had great weather for the festival, um, and I, I think that th this whiskey reflects the weather that, for our day because it was bright and fresh, and um, uh, it's got a, a lot of great notes to it. Um, uh, talking about the weather and the tempest, uh, uh, Doris Moore literally means the big door, the big gate. And it's one of those tidal races which, uh, as we were talking about the, uh, the sound, similar, it's, it's off the uh, uh, west coast of, uh, east coast of Jura. And it's one of those that if you get in it, it's just an open gate that takes you to wherever you, it's going, not you're going. Uh, and uh, of course, conversely, if you're if you're trying to go the other direction, you, it's it's impossible. But um, in the 1940s, on Loch Indoll, um, it was uh, uh, because of the size of the loch, the RAF and the Canadian um, uh, Air Force were uh, sailing their Sunderland, the big flying boats, um, and landing and, and docking on on the the loch there. Um, but as folks who have been to Isla or know about Isla, the winds, the winds can be incredibly treacherous and these guys can talk about the winds as well. Um, that they were literally, they had servicemen trying to anchor the boats down, laying on top of the wings so that the boats themselves wouldn't flip over and they had four days of a storm like that where they just were trying to keep the boats down. So um, this, I think, this this uh, Beaumont Tempest speaks to the, the elements as much as, uh, as these gentlemen faced the elements when, we were, uh, when they were on the island. And uh, to, to, Martin's, to Martin's point, because we were talking, yes, about going to every distillery, if you were to add in, um, this is a question for you guys, if you were to add in the coast uh, with Loch and Dahl and Lagan Bay, yeah. how many more miles would that be? <clears throat> that would be... Yeah, it's like That'd be an additional 20 miles uh, on top of that. And we had thought about that for a long time, and then we said, we just got to make it around. You know? And even with that, with a lot of these things, if you're going on expedition, there's no schedule. You could be gone for months. But with us, it's like we had eight days before half the, the crew members had to go back to work, you know, like the, two days later in, 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 in New York. So it's like, as much as we wanted to do swimming in that area, we, we, we didn't have time to. And it takes two days to get to Isla. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. Hey, um, ladies and gentlemen, who yes. has tasted the Beaumont yet? Yeah? Okay, good. Is anybody getting the immense fruitiness yes. on this whiskey? Yes. Can we talk about the, where these are, the, these are the early, yes. early fruit notes wow. of Beaumont uh, when you're looking at 10 years? Because you know, most, most folks, these notes start to develop the 18, 19 years, but... Uh, but the Doris Moore, the Tempest batches, they, the, the casks that they're pulling specifically have those, uh, those tropical fruit, those early stages of the tropical fruit notes on this. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, Ooh. eucalyptus. Eucalyptus from Natalie. Oh. Good scene. Natalie is now the only human being to be at both of our live podcasts. All right. Yeah. I, I think you two also know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we don't. We definitely don't. That's very kind of you to say that, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a toast please, with a Beaumont. Please, please. With 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 Tempest, with uh, a quote from the Tempest, uh, William Shakespeare. If you didn't know, um, <laughs> Who, who's that, Simon? <laughs> some guy. Billy. Billy. <laughs> some, Billy S. Some Sassenach. <laughs> South of the border. <laughs> so, full fathom five, my father lies. Of his bones are coral made. Those are pearls that were his eyes, but something of him that does suffer a sea change into something rich and strange. And that's what I think this whiskey is, a sea change yeah, and yes. rich and strange. So, nice. Slangeva, cheers. Cheers. Slange Whiskey Jubilee. We have a friend who likes to say Slangetov. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> Mazelva. <laughs> Mazelva, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what's the... I didn't get a pour of the last one. No, because we, we, we got to empty oh, our glass oh, before we, we can take the a pour glass. of it. That's how this okay. works. Yeah, um, nice. 
as we're as we're transitioning between Bowmore and the Carches, I've got the Carches behind me. If anybody on the panel is looking for it, yes. Um, while I was pouring Dave, hey Ari. Uh, while I was pouring Dave over here, I got the name right. A cherished single cast nation member um, who got his Port Charlotte today. He's a very happy camper. Dave had said to me, okay, you, you got a cask, you're collecting the whiskey, it seems a bit random. Did you put any design into it? And, uh, I'm still drinking, Joshua. And, and the, the honest truth is, we did where we could, where we were able. So, tasting the cask after collection last July, uh, when we had our final party at Ardbeg, and Jackie Thompson gave us the, the run of the, the distillery, which was a ton of fun. That's worth spending a couple minutes on. That was but well worth it. She was in terms of the design, um, there's, there's something worth saying there that, I mean, our initial, we were asking a lot of the distilleries. Yep. And so our, the way that we approached them was we asked their master distiller if they would pick a special bottle, knowing that it was going into this blend, what would they choose? And some of them went all out. Some of them opened up their cellars, let us come in, talked about all of the reasons why they chose that particular uh, whiskey and why they thought it would go, would go well in the cask. And so yep. some of the design we were hands off on by intention. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Yeah. No, and, and so Josh and I kept an eye on it. We all tasted it after the conclusion of the swim. Uh, Joshua and I then tasted it last January and saw that it was progressing. You could tell that it wasn't married. That was the most striking part of it. The components were still individuals. And then um, I happened to taste it uh, when, uh, unfortunately, you didn't. I, I had some, but we never shared it. Uh, I'm pointing at Natalie and whispering conspiratorially into a microphone. <laughs> and so I'm, st I'm still learning the cloak Scottish and dagger whisper. stuff. Um, I tasted it. Uh, in Scotland at the beginning of May, and from January to May, the quarter cask had made a startling difference on the marriage, the integration of flavors, and that's when I contacted Joshua and said, we're ready to go here, and then the masterclass came together very quickly. These chaps jumped in, Simon jumped in, thank you, and um, you got a chance to taste it today because of that cask. Partly design, partly maturation. It's also an aquatic cask. It's evaporating very quickly. Uh, we're going to be selling fewer than 100 of these. It is available at singlecastnation.com, and uh, it's $500 a bottle. And we're not taking any profit from that. All of the profits from the bottle are going to go to RNLI, which is a Royal National, National Lifeboat Institute. Yeah. And they, they save lives at sea. That's what they do. They're the UK's uh, lifeboat life-saving organization and it's really important for islanders um, and if you will go around isla and every distillery and every gift shop and every uh, tailor shop convenience store whatever there's a little wooden boat there where you put your change and things um, to raise money for the lifeboats because they're a critical piece of of island life and it's a volunteer institution yeah yeah and so supporting that is is key is important um, we, we made donations to it last year as well, uh, during and after the swim, um, and so there we are. And I know that Natalie's wife, Liz, any corner shop that she went into on Isla would always put her change into the RNLI lifeboat that sits on the counter. And so cheers to Liz for wow. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, we only have, we've got just a few minutes before we have to close this out, so I, I want to ask you guys a really quick question, and then I want to open up uh, the floor, just to one question. Seriously, that's all the time we have. Can, can I just ask really quickly? Oh, of course. The Karchas? Yes. Have you had a chance to taste it? Oh, here yes. we are. No. We're tasting it Incredible. now. Come on, everybody. Thumbs up. Here's a toast. For there's no foe like fear and no friend like cheer and sunshine will flash at our call. So let's crown love king and let us all sing. It's a mighty good world after all. Hey! hey. hey. Yeah. To everybody's good company today, thank you. <laughs> cheers. 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 We always end our podcast off asking our guests 
about misconceptions they may have heard. Now, for the most part, it's within the whiskey world. And some of the misconceptions run the gamut. If you want to know some of the ones that we've asked, go check out One Nation Under Whiskey and get your favorite podcast app and start listening. You can start at episode one and then go all the way up to uh, season two, episode seven, which was with Simon. So uh, it's an excellent uh, episode. Yep. You can go back to last summer. You can hear more from Chad and Justin. Simon, Justin. Does, does Simon do a lot of cheersing on that episode? Or? Oh, no. <laughs> Is cheersing a word? Out? I think it's a word. Yes. No. no, he saved it. He would not allow one single cheers. Simon, we received the most incredible compliment on that episode today. Uh, Dave, who asked the wonderful question about the maturation, had said, I, I've known Simon for the last 10 years. And that episode that you recorded with him, I learned more about him in that episode than over the last 10 years. And I, so... I did too. <laughs> <laughs> did it get real? Was it real talk? <laughs> Hashtag real talk with Simon Brooking. <laughs> so, so my question to you guys, to the swimmers, yeah. is as you're preparing for this, in which it was a long preparation... I have a feeling people may not have fully understood what it is you were trying to do, maybe why you were trying to do it. And, and I'm curious, what are some of the, th give me one thing that you've heard which made you think, how could you think they would think that? Yeah. Well, yeah. just, uh, there's a lot of things I do that people don't understand and uh, <laughs> it doesn't just stop at the swimming, it's literally <laughs> every day of my life. It's, People just questioning what 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 you, what? Uh -huh. but, uh, I've been to your house. I've seen all of your decoration. I've got those questions. <laughs> and to be honest, you did smoke dumb. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're not, if you're not smoked if, a little dung in our day, my friend. If you're not, if you're not getting those questions, you're not doing it right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I like absolutely. that take. So you're just saying what was kind of the strangest misconception people had yeah, about, about it? Yeah, about so your swim, about the reasons for it, maybe. I think with anything, it's, it's always the why. And, and what I will say is that I think we've, we've become such a society where convenience is glamorized. And mm. we all have our phones. And why do we have our phones? I don't have to ask this guy for directions. I can ask my phone. I don't need to remember who the... The, guy, the cast member of us was, from Cheers was, I can look it up on my phone. Yeah. And so this idea of doing something that's hard and difficult, it just makes no sense to so many people. I feel more than at any other time. Yeah. And I think we've lost that attachment to, to kind of going on this, this quixotic quest. There is no great reason. We're doing it because it's in our heart and we desire it. And I think that is the continual question that, that we've gotten since then. And People love to celebrate it, and they love to sit down and have the whiskey and be like, wow, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. But it's when you're in that phase of, of really deciding to do it, and the people around you just, they want to encourage you, but they just don't get it. And you'll see the people who do get it, and they just, you could tell it, it fills up their hearts, and they get excited about it. But then you see these other folks who, it just like, it just shoo, goes yeah. right past them. Yeah. Well, and if, if I could just add on to, to Justin's point, there's no app for that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's no app for whiskey. You know, I mean, what we're here to celebrate this evening and what we enjoy together communally, it can only be shared in a glass. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Building community. Cheers to that. You know what? I lied. I'm not going to give anybody a chance to ask a question. One question? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we have to end. I think that's a perfect note to end on. So thank you, Justin, Chad, Simon, thank uh, you. for coming out. It's funny that this adventure started, well, the physical adventure started almost a full year ago, exactly. far longer than that. Yeah, at, we, this we, we at, the, oh, at this event. We did. Oh, at this event. We sat in this room. Holy we tasted shit. the Fashio bottlings. Yeah. We talked about you guys going into it. We talked about the potential dangers of it. And here we are one year later celebrating the accomplishment, celebrating the whiskey that came from it, and the community that rallied around yeah. you to make yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I keep forgetting the word. I, I, I wouldn't say expedition. Expedition. Yeah, expedition. Absolutely. Exhibition, but that's not right. I've got a little You're bit of exhibitionist. Today we have there was a lot of nakedness. I will say that much. That's what's in my mind. Your safe word was Isla. So <laughs> I'll have another. Thank you to everybody who came far and wide. Thank you to everybody who came across town. Uh, thanks to you for setting this up, Joshua. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks to Jason for all oh, your right, help yeah. and uh, running you. around and doing things oh, for Jason, you. Thank you. Where would I be yeah. without you? I feel loved. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers to everybody. Cheers, Cheers everybody. everybody. <laughs>